Hi folks, today we'll be talking about the game Robocop Rogue City, which is a new first-person shooter from Taon, a Polish and Japanese studio that does mostly adaptations of existing properties. So I think the, their last big game was a Terminator game that was just okay. But this game is extremely good, and I, I just wanted to recommend it to all of you. It's so good. I'm, I'm extremely happy that I paid full price for it, because this is like where money should be going in the video game industry. So, uh, if you don't know what Robocop is, uh, Robocop it was a really famous and really, really good. If you, if you, don't, if you haven't seen the movie, I should, you should stop listening to this and go watch it right now because it's just, you know, a true 10 out of 10. Uh, but it's this kind of 1980s action movie about a, uh, a, robo, a robot cop. And basically, there's a, you know, it's a futuristic Detro uh, Detroit that's just this complete shithole. And the police force is being privatized. And there's this one super cop who gets ambushed by criminals and he's like totally disfigured, blow off all his limbs and stuff like that. And the, uh, the company that's privatizing the police turns him into this robot crime fighter. And they give him this like all metal skeletons, like two tons. It allegedly erases his memory. And uh, he's, he just rots. He just, it's the dumbest thing ever. Like the suit looks dumb as hell. The, it, every scene that he's in is so funny because it's just the stupidest concept ever. And yet it works because they, the movie itself, um, and just the concept, like it's got a lot of heart. It's like lost where it's, it's so horny that it, it kind of transcends its, its, um, its Wikipedia description. And so the, the movies, there were three movies, and the, the first two were really good, and the third one was just okay. Uh, but the movies are really distinct because, one, they had this, this great kind of lighthearted and, and very fun atmosphere, but they're, they also had this very um, entertaining kind of satire of, of 1980s corporate culture. And they, they're also very notable for this kind of over-the-top violence. You know, all the, the squib work in those movies is so funny. Like, someone gets shot and, like, half their chest will blow open. And it looks great. And that, you know, everything in the kind of RoboCop universe is just turned up to 11. I know a lot of people today love to kind of attach RoboCop as this, like, brilliant love to satire. Um, but honestly, it doesn't really work as satire just because what they're showing is, is so objectively cool. It, it reminded me of, um, and I'm probably going to to misstate this word, I, I almost got my MA in film studies and then dropped out after one semester in New York. Uh, but it was the, the difference between um, like parody and pastiche, real like parody, it's showing you something um, in a kind of elevated, you know, turned up way to kind of make fun of it or take it down. And pastiche is just showing you that they, you know, maybe with its qualities might have turned up a little bit just for the appreciation of the thing itself. And for RoboVap, it was made by a that's filmmaker, Paul Verhoeven, and it seemed like it was kind of satire of the American mindset generally and captures it really well. Like it's, you know, everything's very big and bombastic. Um, it's all a lot of fun. And, you know, there's, you know, people spraying bullets everywhere. You got this kind of fascistic robot Kron fighter who's, you know, it's this very dumb kind of like giant hunk of metal and will just rip someone's skull off or something like that. And then give a one-liner. And again, this just goes back to what a great concept for Robocop is, where it's like a typical action movie one-liner, but it's delivered totally flat in this robot voice, which, you know, you, you can appreciate the funny one-liner, 
But also, it's funny just because it's so fucking dumb that a giant robot would say that. So, like, uh, Twin Peaks would be a pastiche of soap operas from the 90s or detective movies where, you know, it's, it has a lot of elements of it, and it's kind of poking fun at it. It gets a little bit ridiculous, but it's not doing it in a mean-spirited way at all. And I see RoboCop as a kind of pastiche in the same way, where it's kind of all in good fun, right? The director is not trying to, to give you a sermon about the dangers of late capitalism or anything like that. Like, it's it's a little bit silly. It's it's eminently enjoyable. There are in um, I will say there are a lot of great emotional beats in the movie as well, where the uh, the super cop who becomes RoboCop, Alex Murphy, kind of struggles with his own humanity, you know, if he died, and then was brought back to life. And he's this kind of inhuman monster, but his memories of his past life uh, remain with him, and he, he struggles to kind of overcome that. And not be Urgus to, to not overcome that, right? He wants to go back to how he was, but he just never can. And yeah, I think my, my favorite scene in the movie is uh, Robocop uh, walking through his old home, you know, his old family home after he was killed, his family sold, and they all left. And it's, you know, it's, it's horrible for them to see him like that, right? They're, they're you know, father and husband. And he's just this, like, metal metal beast. Um, and he talks strange, and he's, he's just not the person they knew and loved. Uh, but Robocop is the person they knew and loved, right? His brain's there, all his memories there, and he wants to love them so bad, and he's wandering through this home, kind of haunted by the memory of what he once had, and um, he just seems very desperate. His memories are playing back in this idyllic family scene, and he just knows that he'll never get that again. It's it's just great, and it's it's especially great because it's such a ridiculous movie, uh, for them to have that kind of emotional resonance is a real triumph, and, and just speaks to how good every single aspect of that production was. Like, it's a great movie. Please watch it if you haven't seen it already. So, RoboCop Rogue City is uh, almost perfect adaptation of the RoboCop movies. When I was playing, I was reminded of a quote from Peter Jackson. He directed the Lord of the Rings movies about adapting someone else's work, right? Lord of the Rings was very famous even before the movie showed up. And so when Peter Jackson got the rights to the movies and was going to try to, to make them into a, a popular film, um, he was really uh, kind of understandably concerned about doing justice to the legacy of what he was handling in time capturing the same, the same things that, that uh, people that made people love it before. And so he said uh, of the production that we made a, a, pro a promise to ourselves at the beginning of the process that we weren't going to put any of our own politics, our own message, or our own themes into these movies. What we were trying to do was to analyze what was important to Tolkien and to try to honor that. In a way, we were making those movies for him, not for ourselves. And you can detect the respect for the source material kind of in every aspect of the game, even in places where the game departs from the movie, just because, you know, film and video games are very different mediums, but even, you know, adds to the movie. Like, it, it's, uh, it really is great. Like, it's, there are a lot of concepts that are integrated totally seamlessly, like they're not mentioned in any of the movies, but... They could have been like if there were if there were five or six RoboCop movies, something that got mentioned. There was something some element of the game uh, could easily have been incorporated into it. Like it all flows very naturally, 
And I know they brought back uh, Peter Weller, who was the actor who played RoboCop in the first two movies, and he delivers all the lines. There's just all sorts of nice touches throughout this where you know that it's kind of the opposite of the modern phenomenon with adaptations and reboots. Well, they'll take this beloved, beloved property, beloved, um, you know, cinematic universe or whatever, and they'll try to reboot it and they'll make it more modern and more relevant and more contemporary to, to modern audiences of the presumably Zoomers who don't know anything and, you know, live in kind of this cultural hell uh, that, so that it will resonate with them. And as a consequence, they either make it so simple that it's, it's kind of impossible to enjoy, like the new Star Wars movies, or they do it as like a, a deliberate fuck you to the source material. Like I know the um, Amazon Lord of the Rings adaptation, the writers were criticizing Tolkien. Like they thought they were smarter than the guy who came up with the idea to begin with, and they clearly weren't. Uh, in Robotop, every single element of the game is geared around putting you in the shoes of Robocop and not in a like expected video game way where you're in the shoes of, of this Navy SEAL or this Space Marine. And uh, even though the game might look a little different or it has a different plot, if you were to plop the player in a different setting, uh, from another game, everything would handle the same. You're still running from it point A to B. You're still shooting terrorists. Uh, you're still throwing grenades at the right bumper, that sort of thing. Uh, in RoboCop, every single element is different than every game you've ever played before. Um, and that's geared around the character of RoboCop. So you're lumbering through levels. There's an expectation that you're going to get shot a lot because, you know, you're a giant robot. You're immune to small arms fire. And so every combat encounter plays totally different than anything you've ever encountered before. But despite this difference, uh, it's all very, very fun. So, yeah, you'd think things can get very boring because by design, low-level enemies can't really hurt you much, right? Like you're not going to be able to dent RoboCop's armor with a little 9mm pistol. But they, they constantly mix it up. And they mix it up for the enemies and they mix it up for the player. So the player, you know, everything is kind of designed to allow you new ways to play. They're always buried funds. So enemies drop weapons and you can pick them up. You know, I think the average uh, enemy weapon you pick up has a maximum of three magazines worth of ammunition in it. So you don't switch to use it for very long. But all the weapons are really fun. And then you burn through the ammunition and you're supposed to move on to, to something else, to a new weapon to a new play style, that sort of thing. So, you know, you can have the, the great kind of power fantasy walking down a corridor, blasting drug dealers, you know, you're totally unaffected by their bullets. Or you could, like, use the new dash feature and basically run a melee build and, you know, you can grab enemies and throw them at each other. You know, it's very funny and it's hilarious. And it's, it's all very satisfying, but it all plays very differently, and that keeps the formula fresh for the entire 12 hours. You know, it's a, a pretty lengthy game by modern standards, and it, it earns that length. And the enemies, um, you know, obviously there's the low-level goon here. You're just supposed to blast, and it's always, it's always fun to kill those guys. Um, but as the game progresses, they're constantly introducing kind of smart ways to keep the player on his toes, um, so, like, there's a great motorcycle unit in certain levels, and it rides around. It's how hard it is, but it's, like, a, it's perfect for the universe, and it's a, a, a new wrinkle. You weren't, you know, they, they just kind of are constantly throwing complications to the walk down a corridor and shoot everything you see formula. So it's like, all right, 
They're really good at edge shooting low-level enemies. Um, here's the motorcycle guy. Okay, now there are landmines everywhere. Okay, now there are snipers with, you know, 50 cal sniper rifles that actually can hurt you. Okay, now there's a machine gunner. And they're, you know, especially towards the middle of the game, which is when the game is probably its most challenging. He really had to think about how to proceed, especially because your character is so slow. And again, it's it's the perfect kind of immersion where you are this totally alien character, you know, this um, this giant lumber robot. But gradually you kind of master your different abilities and it makes the whole game feel very, very satisfying. Like you figured something out, it's fun. Towards the end of the game, you know, there's the RPG element. And once you've leveled up all of your abilities and all your stats, the game is just ridiculously easy, but like that's not really a problem, right? Because the game is supposed to be a power fantasy. Another element of the game that I wanted to talk about is the detective aspect of it, which was pretty unexpected, but uh, you know fits the universe very well, right? Robocop is a police officer, and so um, I want to say at least half of the game time is not spent in combat. Um, it's in these kind of detective sequences, which are either open world or there's like a small hub area. So there's, you know, two places you go back to all the time are Old Detroit, which is this, you know, giant, it reminded me of Deus Ex, the Detroit in Deus Ex, where it's this, you know, giant area. There are all these side quests. You're going to roam around and, and talk to people, that sort of thing. And there's also the police station from the movies where you spend a lot of time there and you have kind of one running discussions with the various characters who show up time and time again. And the detective element, it's great because the game knows that it's not like L.A. Noir. And that said, like, you know, it's um, it's all very fun. Like uh, like it's it's uh, ridiculous that that RoboCop is a detective. Like again, the whole concept is so dumb. And so when you put RoboCop in various situations, there's kind of this automatic level of humor. So he had a, a great really side quest where you're asked by another police officer to help un unravel a drug ring, and so you're supposed to call a dealer to set up a buy. And of course, Robocop has this, you know, really dumb metallic voice. And so you call the drug dealer and the drug dealer, like, you know, Robocop is trying to make small talk, which is, is great. He's this great kind of square deadpan affect. And the drug dealer instantly recognizes that it's Robocop. But it turns out rival drug dealers are coming to his house to kill him. So he asks you to come rescue him. And then you show up there. And the three drug dealers that are there at film are talking about the impact that the drug dealer you're there to rescue is having on the drug market. So the guy you're rescuing has been stealing drums from them and selling them at far lower than the manufacturing price. And they kind of go back and forth on how this sort of predatory pricing undermines the whole market. And that's really funny. And then Robocop tops into the scene with his gun and he's like, put your hands up or this is the last economics discussion you'll ever have. And again, it's it's perfect as a, a detective story on its own, right? It's not trying to reinvent the wheel like you you need to track down the struggler. But also there's an element of humor that fits the universe very, very well. And the whole game is really like that. You know, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Um, if you have subtitles on, you'll notice that even the names of the characters are funny. So it's like some guy is, um, you know, obviously suspicious and he'll be described as like accommodating citizen or something like that. Um, and it's just like you you find these funny elements that are just scattered across the game world. They're all funny. They're all kind of reminding you that this is a this is a fun game to play. Like you're supposed to enjoy it. God damn it! Like you you're not just 
of subjecting yourself to this game. You're actually supposed to engage with it mentally and enjoy it. And despite that humor, it manages to successfully hit the same emotional beats as the RoboCop movies, you know, as RoboCop struggles with his humanity. Um, so there are just lots of great little moments, like little bullets, like um, uh, one mission takes you to the scene in the first movie where Alex Murphy, Theodore DiCaprio, became RoboCop, uh, is murdered. And yeah, he's murdered in this really horrible way. Um, and throughout the level, there are these great moments. You know, the concept is so ridiculous, but, you know, RoboCop is obviously alluding to how helpless he felt. Like, you're, you're there to rescue a police officer who's been kidnapped by a gang. And Robocop, when he was killed originally, um, he was alone. And these really sadistic guys, you know, killed him in a way to inflict maximum pain and were enjoying it. And Robocop is, is you know, in the game, really desperate to rescue this police officer in time. And he finds footage of, of the gang members torturing uh, the police officer, and he's really affected by it. And then when he finally discovers the police officer's body, you know, kind of casually hidden in a freezer, uh, the kind of radio supervisor calls in and they're like, hey, what's going on? And Robocop just says in a totally deadpan way, I'm in the freezer. And it's this great moment, and you really feel it. And this is not a game where you would expect to feel a lot, right? It's, it's you know, I, I think that people who pretend to be um, very, like, emotionally worked up about media are, are often a little tedious. But, like, you, you really get into the head of the character here. And it's such a silly character that you wouldn't expect to, one, get into his head, and, two, you know, feel for him on a very human level. And there's just this human touch to pretty much every uh, mission, especially in the police station section where, you know, the, the police officers, they've been through a lot together and they really, they're very tender with each other. Like they care a lot about each other. Uh, there's this great, very memorable side quest where Robocop's partner is shot and you had to go around the police station and they, they kind of know what a shitty quest this is, right, from a gameplay perspective. They don't care. And you have to go around the police station getting people to sign her Get Well Soon card. And everyone just has this nice little thing you say about her. And, like, they, they have fun with it, right? Like, to, you know, you have to track down some guy. And he's in the shower. And then, like, next quest objective is to find his towel so he can dry off so he doesn't get the, car, the card wet. And, again, it's, it's unexpected. They didn't have to throw it in there. But the game wouldn't be totally forgettable without it in the worst way possible, right? It, like, the game has heart. The maybes have heart. The game has heart. It, it, it's a perfect thematic adaptation. Uh, one of the most uh, refreshing things about the game is that it's just a pure game. It doesn't try to be anything but fun. Like, I know people complain that games are too political now, and, I mean, that's kind of true, but the politics are also usually really dumb, and the game becomes subservient to the politics. Here, you know, there are political elements of it, but it never overwhelms the fun. In fact, it enhances the fun. You know, it's like funny. And, uh, you know, the game is also impossible. It's impossible to speed run. You can't break it down into its component parts. You actually have to, to enjoy it and, like, actively engage with it. And it's also something that seems like it would not be fun to watch on stream at all. You know, watch a lot of Eve game streams in general, but this seems like it would be terrible to adapt to, uh, to, adapt to streaming just because so much of the value 
of it comes from actually playing as the character and the novelty of that. And, you know, you as the player character in the world, like you can't watch someone else do that. You have to actually do it for yourself to get the full value out of it. So um, some advice for actually playing the game. They don't really tell you this, but I would, I would recommend that you start out by leveling up your deduction skill. It gives you more experience points for doing stuff like reading notes and, and finding clues around the levels. It really adds up over time, and if you want to max out all the different stats, which allows for different play styles, um, you kind of have to level up deduction early on just to get that extra XP bonus. I'd max out everything by the end. And uh, my other piece of advice would just be to mix it up all the time. Like, pick up a different weapon, uh, try out a different um, play style, like the melee build, that sort of thing. The game really uh, rewards you for experimenting because all the, the different things that you try are all fun. Like you can go through a level, they're on computer or monitors and people for the whole time. And it's fucking great. It's hysterical to watch. I strongly recommend this game. It's genuinely excellent. I know you will enjoy it. You should go out and buy it right now at full price. Just you reward studios for doing um, what Taeyeon did. It's a perfect adaptation. It's a near perfect game. My only real complaint is that, um, and this isn't really even a complaint, it's not a cinematic game, even though it's an adaptation of, of a movie. It reminded me more of a television show in that there, there are clear episodes, you know, that are separated by the big levels. And so if you try to play it through in one go, could seem repetitive, like it's actually not repetitive at all, but it would seem that way just because there's so much game that you're dealing with. Like it's, it's very content rich. So as a larger thing, uh, when people talk about what should right-wing art be, instead of, I think, really avant-garde stuff that, you know, there are a lot of smart people, they're drawn to avant-garde stuff that's always been the case. I think that um, right-wing media organizations should really be investing in companies like Taeyeon. You know, Taeyeon, it's a small studio. I think um, you, you look at the, the credit, the final credits um, of this game, and it's only like 50 people, and they all have like alphabet soup names. And you can tell that it's a pretty homogenous team, and there was a very strong executive vision that prevented the sort of creep that you see in most modern media. Like, if you look at the, the closing credits for a Call of Duty game, there's like 1,200 people who worked on this game, and the game fucking sucks. And for Taeyeon, it's the opposite. It's a small team. It's punching well above its weight. You know, they're obviously very passionate about the source material. And I don't think it's an insurmountable thing for Raven media outlets to be able to, to create things like this game. This game is perfect. It's not over-the-top political. It can be enjoyed by anyone who walks in off the street and should be enjoyed if you didn't enjoy this game. Like, fuck you. The game is, is fantastic. So, yeah, I hope to see a lot more of it. I hope this is a trend. And this is just a reminder of uh, why video games are fun and what video games could be uh, in a better place. I went back and forth for a while on whether or not to make this episode free and decided to, to just go for it and to give free subscribers a chance to kind of sample what the podcast would be like. Um, I'm not going to make a habit of making episodes free. I'm sorry, guys, I'd like to. I just, I really do need more paid subscribers. So if you have cash to spare, please, it's only $5 a month. Please, I'm afraid to pay it. 
uh, for patients forever right now. Thank you guys so much. Like, it really does make a big difference for me. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm working on some exciting stuff behind the scenes. I'm doing my own historical research. So Patients Forever have access to the articles I've, I've written on history so far. Uh, there are a lot more that have already been written or, or near completion. I'm just kind of uh, refocusing things. So I want to make sure that quality stays high. Uh, but there will be a lot more coming soon, and I think you're really going to like it. So thanks a lot, guys. Uh, bye.